About 10 years ago, when Netflix, Netflix first started, one of the most popular shows on Netflix was based around a character called uh, Marie Kondo. All right? She's this uh, Japanese lady who became famous for the way she cleaned her house or the way that she stored things and she lived this minimalistic life and she challenged she challenged the way that the West um, lives life. We live this consumerism. It's like what you can get, what you can get, how much more, how much bigger. And, and, and Marie Kondo came out and said that actually that's not a great way to live your life. And, um, and so she would, like, tidy her house. She would tidy other people's houses, and, and she became this big um, celebrity, which is funny because then I read up on her 10 years on, and they, they did an interview with her, and um, they asked her, you know, do you still keep your house tidy? And she said, nah, I gave up because I had kids. <laughs> so... But the, the, the theme that Marie Kondo came about when, when she was deciding, um, you know, what do you keep or what do you throw out, right, was she would ask this question, does this piece of clothing spark joy for you? I don't know if ever a piece of clothing has sparked joy for me. Um, I've been, thank you for everyone who's commenting on my shirt today. Uh, it's the once a year where I get to wear a bit of colour because it's our garden Christmas um, presentation. Pastor James did not get the message today. Um, I'm going to try to push this as a tradition. We're going to try to do this colourful day at church whenever the kids come. Would you ever be able to say that a piece of clothing sparked joy for you? Like, the only piece of clothing that I thought of that would spark joy for me, right, was in 2004 when the Mighty Bulldogs won the premiership and I, I, I wore that jersey with so much joy, right? But was it the piece of clothing that I was joyful of? No, right? It's because I bleed blue and white, You know, Christmas time is about joy. That's one of the key themes, right? So that's what we're going to talk about today as we continue our Advent series. Um, let's define joy. Joy, a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. All right? So straight away, one of the things that we need to understand about joy is joy is not happiness, and happiness is not joy. They're different, Right? What's the difference then? Um, and I read this quote. Joy is an inner feeling. Happiness is an outward expression. Joy endures hardship, trials, and connects with meaning and purpose. Another person said happiness is based on your circumstances, whereas joy goes beyond your circumstance. When you get a gift this year for Christmas, if it's a good gift, it will bring you Joy, oh, sorry, happiness, right? But if it's not a great gift, then it won't bring you happiness. But joy, which seems like the same thing as happiness, is actually internal. It's regardless of what the situation or circumstances is. 
Joy is even though you get crappy gifts, you get to still experience joy. Right? When one of my kids gives me a pair of socks for Christmas, every year, right? Does, does that pair of socks make me happy? No. I'm honest. No. Right? But am I joyful? I am. Why? Not because of the socks. I just put it on the pile of other socks, right? But I get to experience joy because it's my kid. It's my kid who generously has learnt that giving is better than receiving. The season of Advent is the time where we spend some time in preparation for the celebration of the birth of Jesus. As we count down to Christmas Day, the birth of Jesus, the season of Advent is a time for us to prepare and wait upon this glorious day. It's a time where we get to reflect on how the birth of Jesus, the coming of Jesus, is to bring us the greatest hope, the greatest peace. And next week, Pastor James will um, speak about the greatest love. And today, we're going to look at the idea that Jesus brings us the greatest joy. Today, we're going to look at a passage in Luke around Jesus' earthly mother, Mother Mary. Now, for those that you know, may, not have been, uh, may not have grown up in the church, you would still know Mary. But did you know Mary, when she uh, had Jesus, would have been somewhere between the ages of 13 to 15? She was engaged to a man named Joseph, betrothed is the uh, biblical word. So she was promised to be married to this man called Joseph. She was a virgin, meaning that she was yet to engage in physical intimacy with a man. And suddenly, out of nowhere, this angel turns up and says, Mary, you are going to have a baby. You are going to have a son. You are going to call him Jesus. And he is going to save the world. Now, that's a lot to take in for a 13-year-old. And if you think about Mary's perspective in that situation, in that context and culture, really, it's not a great situation. Can you imagine the conversation that she would have to have with Joseph, the man that she was uh, engaged to? Hi, Joseph. I'm pregnant. With who? With the Holy Spirit. You know, how does that conversation go, right? How would she have that conversation with her parents trying to explain to her in that culture? All at the age of 13. Well, we can see that the situation was not good for her. The circumstances were not good for her. And yet, in this passage we read in Luke 1, 46-55, we're going to see Mary's response. So let me read it. And then we'll go through it. This is Luke 1, 46 to 55. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. 
From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. This is, uh, in the Bible, it's titled Mary's Song. This is her response in, an, in that situation. Now, there are three things that we learn from this passage of why the birth of Jesus brings great joy or deep joy. Number one is this, Jesus is the answer to the prophets. Verse 45 and 50, sorry, 54 and 55. He helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. In the Old Testament, there's roughly about 55 prophecies that were given to talk about the birth, death, resurrection, and life of Jesus. Now, Mary, who we would know was a good Jewish girl who came from a Jewish family, she would know of these prophecies. And to know that all these prophecies that were given, all these promises that were given in the Old Testament were going to be fulfilled through this child, through the child that she was going to bear. What an amazing idea. What an amazing thought to cross her mind. Think about this. If you knew that this year, 2023, Christmas Day, when you woke up, the answer to world peace would be sitting underneath your Christmas tree. How would you feel? It'd be pretty amazing. It'd be pretty phenomenal. It'd be hard to even comprehend in words. That's how Mary would have felt. To know that the prophecies, the promises given by God in the Old Testament would come into fulfillment through this child would bring about great joy, not just to her, but for all of God's people. Jesus brings joy through the fulfillment of the prophets. Secondly, Jesus brings joy through the answer to prayer. 50 to 53, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. Mary is reminded that with Jesus, the coming of Jesus, not only is a baby born, but the power and might and presence of God comes with this baby. Why is this important? At the time, the Jewish people, the people of God, they were oppressed. They were oppressed by the Romans. They were not free. They were a minority. They were very low in society. And so they are praying. And what they're praying for is they're praying for the Savior that was promised to them through the Old Testament. And they're praying that God would come and save them and release them from the bondage that they are in. Jesus brings joy because he is an answer to these prayers. Now, once again, if you knew, if you knew this Christmas 
right, by next Monday, that God would answer your prayers. Would that not bring great joy? Would that not bring deep joy to your heart? Jesus brings joy by being the answer to prayer. Thirdly, Jesus brings joy by magnifying God and meeting me. Verse 46, And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Mary is going to declare two things in this. She's going to declare, number one, that God is magnificent. And secondly, she's going to declare that because God is magnificent, I am blessed. Her soul glorifies the Lord. Her spirit rejoices. The mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Mary recognizes who God is. And through the coming of Jesus, God's majesty will come and literally change the future of the world and the future of her life and our lives. Jesus is the means to allow God's presence to come into this earth, an answer to the prophecies, an answer to prayer. Mary recognized that this was more than just a baby coming to earth. It wasn't just about a newborn, but it would be the way that God would reveal his plans and redeem his kingdom. But she's also humbled that the mighty one would do it through her. A realization that God is amazing, God is huge, and yet would work through and in her. What an honor and what a privilege, what a joy. Here's the question for today. Knowing what Christmas is about, knowing what Mary knew about this child, Jesus, When we spend time this Advent reminding ourselves of the coming of Jesus, you know, this story we hear every year, right? We hear this Christmas story every year. Let me ask you, does it spark joy? Does listening to the Christmas story, knowing that God sent his one and only son to come into this world to die on a cross for the forgiveness of your sin and mine, allowing us a way to to back to our Father, the Creator, does it spark joy? Does it even get a flutter in your heart? Does it even get a mention in your holiday plans? See, for Mary... There was no greater joy. And that joy was greater than her circumstance and situation. But there was no greater joy knowing that God was intentionally getting involved in the state of the world that is broken and in the state of our hearts, which is also broken. Let me throw this out there to you. If next week on Christmas Day, Not baby Jesus, 3.5 pounds, 45 centimeter baby Jesus. Not baby Jesus, but if, if Jesus was to return, as Scripture says that he would, but not as a baby, but as a warrior on a white horse, let me ask you, 
If Jesus was to return next week on Christmas Day to fulfill the prophecies, to be an answer to prayer, and to reclaim this world for God's kingdom, how would you feel about that? Would it create, would, would it create a, a, a trembling, a fear, an awe, a, a respect, a reverence, a deep joy, knowing that the King of kings and the Lord of lords is finally returned to take us home? Or would it just be another Monday? Or even more, would it be annoying? Because you have plans on Monday. Jesus, but I have a barbecue. Jesus, I have family dinner. Friends, we need to understand the significance of Christmas. That the birth of Jesus brought about deep joy, not just for the Israelites, but for each and every one of us. Not happiness. See, we need to really differentiate, differentiate those two. Jesus is not the bringer of happiness. He doesn't bring about temporary um, you know, happiness in our lives. He brings about joy. See, one of the misconceptions about Jesus is that when we become a Christian, suddenly everything in our life makes sense and suddenly everything's rosy and you know, suddenly you hear all the birds cheeping and suddenly like doves start flying and then like every time you start walking, like everything's in slow motion. You know, and then you, and you know, it's not like that, right? Anyone that's been a Christian for long enough, you would know, actually, life's still pretty tough. But Jesus and who Jesus is and what he has done for us is that he does not bring about temporary happiness, but he brings about what we call eternal joy. A joy that you can hold in your heart, even in the brokenness of this world. And can I tell you, friends, our world is broken. I don't know why people get more and more surprised about how broken our world is and, and, and how it's getting more and more broken. But that's just what Scripture says, that that's what's going to happen. And if our joy, if it was based on the world, it, we just wouldn't be able to experience that. But that's the importance of Jesus. Not only did he come to save each and every one of us. You know, Jesus didn't come so that we could have a good life after this life. He didn't come so that we would be saved from this life and that, you know, everyone just, you know, hangs on during this life and just grits their teeth during this life and you're just waiting for, to, to either die or for Jesus to come back and then once you're dead and once you're in heaven, then you're going to have a great life. No. Actually, when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, even in the crumminess of this world and in the brokenness of our own sinfulness, we get to experience joy, joy that this world does not understand. I, I had the opportunity to um, hang out with um, some mentors of mine uh, recently and um, unfortunately they needed to fly um, overseas because uh, one of their fathers um, suddenly became very sick 
And so they had to leave a few days ago, Ashley. And I dropped them off um, Saturday morning. And then I drove back. And then by the time I got back home, they had messaged my wife to tell her that actually the father passed away. And I just thought, you're going to sit on that aeroplane for 10 hours in this Christmas season of joy. And you just, that's all you're going to be thinking about. And I got to speak to these mentors before they left and I, I asked them, I said, how do you feel? And, and, you know, they were so honest. Well, there's not really too much good to feel about at the moment. So, okay. But the father who passed away was a believer. And so talking to my mentors, yes, the sadness of loss, the grief, and there's mourning. There is all of that. But deep down inside, because of Jesus and because Grandpa knew Jesus and because my mentor knew Jesus, even in the toughest of times, he could still hold on to joy. The Christmas carol reads, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. For what? That Jesus has come. That Jesus has come to save. And because of that, regardless of whatever we're going through, and I'm not dismissing what you're going through because it's as real as anything. But in that, you get to hold on to joy. It's a deep soul joy. You, can, you can't get that from anything else in this world. My prayer, friends, is that this Christmas, as we are reminded, as we move to Christmas, yes, the gifts and the celebrations and the dinners, and I'm not taking away from all of that, but that's happiness. My prayer is that this Christmas, you would experience true joy, a joy that comes from knowing that our Lord and our King has come. Let's pray.